Behind home plate, we bringing it to him all day. All day. You know what's up? Welcome to Birdland. Birdland. Win or lose, we bringing it to you always. Always. You know what's up? Welcome to Birdland. Orange or black, we rebuild the pack. No matter where we at, you know we coming back. Section 336, we on this, so tune in. Tune in. You know what's up? Welcome to Birdland. Yeah, yeah. Welcome to Birdland. You know what's up? from section 336. Benjamin boys and girls, Baltimore sports fans of all ages, welcome to section 336, next generation of Baltimore sports talk. And you're at home for all the latest talk about the team who is the winner of the AL East division. Going from, I love all the graphics, going from 110 losses two years ago to now over 100 wins. I don't know which one is more impressive, the division or the 100 wins. I'm sorry. I'm getting into it already. I, I got a co-host here. The button lover, Josh Rook, is also here. That's all right. Congratulations, Matt. I liked the perspective of last week where we talked about how this is great for the Orioles. But for the diehard Oriole fans who have been here a long time, yeah, it's really special. So Yeah, I, that's, yeah that's that's who I'm, I'm like proud of and happy for today. Exactly. Not, not really. I've done Brendan Hyde. Be proud of Brendan Hyde. Yeah, it's good for Brendan Hyde. But I'm, I'm he. How long has Brendan Hyde been here? Not as long as me. No. Not, <laughs> not as long as you. Not at all. Was it uh, Wednesday or Thursday night that they clinched? Thursday, right? Uh, yeah, Thursday. I think it was. Did you get a lot of text messages and mess and phone calls and stuff of people congratulating you? Uh, I got a couple, and then I work a couple comments. Yeah, yeah I, got, I, got some, I got some text messages, and a, a lot of people at work who kind of know what we've been through. Yeah, so and that was that was neat, um, and 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 just it's a great time to be an Orioles fan. So I'd like to once again welcome everyone to the bandwagon. Hey, so, that's right. We're fully postseason. Absolutely, we're we're fully on band on board with all bandwagoners. Josh, I just checked uh, right before the podcast. If you want, you can still get tickets to Game One in Tampa, Wild Card Game. Any any section you want, really, you can get tickets. I, I saw that. It's now, it's easy to make fun of them for that. It's not any section, isn't it? Just the upper deck. Oh no, it's lower deck too. Isn't it lower deck also, but it's easy. But it's not any seat. Like, I will it. say, it is a three o'clock game tomorrow. That sucks. Yeah. Well, and part of it too, Josh is, and you mentioned this with the Braves before. Part of it is a victim of their own success, right? Like everyone, I mean, Braves fans take it for granted that they're going to be in the playoffs every year. Correct. Hopefully, we start taking it for granted um, in 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 a couple of years, a few years. We're like, oh, it's just a given that we're going to get into the into the wild card series. Like, I'll I'll save my money for the World Series because, I mean, listen, if I if we were in the AL, if we were in the playoffs ten straight years, I don't know if I'm flying and buying tickets to the ALDS. I might wait for the you know, ALCS and World Series. Yes. And after after we win our first three rings, mm, I might just wait for the just the World Series Game 7 next time. So it's partly also, you know, they're just, they've been good for, for so long. It's coming from the guy who also said, if the Orioles get the wild card, I'm not flying up for it. Yeah, I don't do wild card games. Exactly. Mostly because uh, they're during the week, the weekdays. Yeah, yeah they're Josh, we have, I've lucked out so much in that I haven't decided about if I'm going to go to the championship series games, but if I wanted to, I could because they fall mostly on the weekends. Yeah. And uh, these games fall on a, on a Saturday and Sunday. So I lucked out with the whole weekend thing. Oh, and even like the AL 
I think it's like the ALDS is like game five is a Friday night. And then the ALCS starts like Sunday, Monday. Yeah, it's a really convenient. Uh, really convenient that you could go hit game five up and then game one. Yeah, that's why everyone was rooting for the Orioles to win the division so we can get the bye. I'm rooting for it so we can play on the weekend in the playoffs. That was, that's well, why I was rooting hard for us to win the division. So we get that one seed and can play on the weekend at home. So I think Houston, who ties their way into first place, ties their way into the second seat for the playoffs, seems to have a slightly easier path to victory. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, if you look at the American League, I, I don't sit there and see. Dude, I mean, I know. I, I listen. I pay attention to the the disrespect of the Orioles and that the Rays. Fangraphs says the Rays and the Blue Jays all yeah. better chance to make the World Series. The one that gets me is the Phillies. How do the Phillies have a better chance of getting through the Braves and the Dodgers than the Orioles have of making of making the World Series? Yeah, yeah, that's it's disrespectful. So I pay attention to that, but I, I think those percentages also show that no one has any idea who's going to come out of the American League. Like that, <laughs> It is, in the National League, it's the Braves and then secondary the Dodgers. In the American League, it's anybody. It's really anybody. Yeah, it so, yeah, you can say someone. I mean, but the the Astros, anyone who's paying attention to the Astros, they haven't played well uh, for a long time now. And so um, their road might be easier, but I would not be surprised if they got in the first round. I would not. There's nothing here that surprises me as far as a team being knocked out because there's no clear favorites. No, there isn't. And the Orioles, the Orioles, after that little dry spell of struggling to score runs, they came back and scored enough to get through, had some good wins at home to, to yeah, kind yeah. of finish the season strong. Uh, yeah. Outstanding. How do you feel special about Kyle Bradish having a, the best ERA since like you've seen in 92? And Bradish now being, <laughs> did you have, we're not going to do bold predictions today. But I believe you and I are the only ones that would made the bold prediction that Kyle Bradish would be in the Cy Young discussion. <laughs> Come on, yeah, yeah, maybe Josh. In your case, the Cy Young discussion for the Yankees, as you're tra- trading him away. I think I did have him traded away. <laughs> traded away, yes. Um, no, so I, I, I saw this tweet, um, and so I'll, I'll give credit to who tweeted out Nathan Ruiz. He said, "Best ERA um, among qualified American League starters since the All Star break." Number one is Kyle Bradish, 2.34. Number two is Garrett Cole in the area of 2.35. And number three is Grace Rodriguez. So since the All-Star break, we have two of the top three stars in all of baseball. <laughs> and yet, I, Josh, I saw a thing on Fangraphs, their playoff breakdown, and they said the weakness of the Orioles is the start in pitching. You're, yeah. just, you're not even paying attention now. It's just lazy. You're, you're thinking about the preseason. You're not looking at what's actually happening on the but, field. And on the field, since the All-Star break, oh, and by the way, if you go down right. to number like 15, you've seen Dean Kramer down there. That shocked me. ERA of, of 3.25 since the All-Star break. But so Dean Kramer there. Chris Tillman sucks. Yeah. Yeah. Like they, they, they don't know who's on the Orioles. Yeah. They well, don't know well, the Orioles roster. Right. And they think Kyle Bradish, they, 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 they don't know the name, right? No. He's not an established name. He's not, you know, he hasn't been around for a while pitching like this so they don't believe he's good but he's it's not like over the entire year he's i think third in the ra of the entire year he's excellent yeah he's been great um and and so and that stat by the way since the all-star break was for the american league so in the american league you cannot say our weaknesses started in pitching 
when you have two of the top three pitchers since the all-star break in baseball in Cobb, Brash, Grace, and Regas. You can't say it. Now, you can argue that our, our weaknesses, sometimes our bullpen goes cold. I mean, or sometimes our, our offense goes and that, cold. That is my fear going into this. That's but, what I see as the weakness is that sometimes our offense goes like dead ice cold. Yeah, but in, in their defense, it seems to me, Josh, that the time we go ice cold is against really bad pitchers. Yes. <laughs> like your Rom or the 55 year old Adam Wainwright, but like in the playoffs, we only fl- place good pitchers. So maybe right. since we're just playing good pitchers, we'll and I, think we, I think we had the record for most comeback wins. And that doesn't mean we lucked in the comebacks. It means this team doesn't give up. They fight. Yeah. Yeah. And it doesn't hurt when you have Cano having a career year and Batista having a career year back there. Yes. Oh, uh, sorry. <laughs> We were having a good time here. Sorry to bring up that name right now. Um, <laughs> we'll get there. We'll get there. <laughs> yeah, I find to to me, if we think of worry spots, starting pitching is not in anymore. That's old news. That's so twenty twenty two. For 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 me, it's the bullpen. I'm a little concerned about I'm, these. There's some arms in our bullpen, Josh, that make me a little bit nervous out there. Make me a little uh, bit nervous. So yeah. I'm going to be sweating out close games in the in the postseason here. But the fact that our rotation is so strong. That we've got some guys that were like, if like we could go a four man rotation in the playoffs, no problem. We don't have to do the three man. Everything relies on these three guys because I'd feel perfectly fine if Dean Kramer was out there. You can put any of those guys out there, and I'll be okay. And the fact that we're going to have those guys in the bullpen as reserves helping out as well, outstanding. Yeah, no, no, I I, I don't disagree with you. Just I just again a ninth inning game. One to one. All right. Um, in comes no, Fujinami. <laughs> no, 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 no. And I, I go high under my blanket. Uh, I don't know if Fuji makes the postseason. Oh, he absolutely does. My biggest question marks is Fuji and Flaherty for the postseason. Okay, we have to break out the pencil and paper. You get. I think, games, but um, that's why I think maybe that's why I think we saw. Well, I don't think that's what Bruce Zimmerman was doing up here, but I think that's what Cole Irvin was up here doing. Was pitch a little bit, see if we can get a le- him as a lefty out of the pen. Yeah, I mean that's a trick. Interesting question. What does he bring that no one else does? I, I mean, mean, he's, he's a, a long, long man. man, different arm slot. He's left hand. Yeah, he's a lefty. That's, that's what he yeah. And when your starters outside of means are predominantly righties, so presumably the uh, the offense is going to be stacking it with lefties. Right. It might be beneficial to have a long man option who's left handed, and he's kind of the only guy that can do that. Yep. So yeah, it's it's interesting. Or got but it, again, it. if Cole Irvin pitches in any of the games, it's probably oh, not, not, it's not one of those, <laughs> no, it's not one of those confidence builders. No. So. Yeah, like if he's coming in, it means he's coming in the fifth inning for some reason, which means something has gone wrong. Right. Unless but we've also seen we've seen a lot more play the past month from Brandon Hyde of doing kind of bullpen manipulation and pulling guys and matchups. A lot more uh, managing it like a playoff game. Yeah. Rotating in and double switches and triple switches and confusing the broadcast crew of what's going on and all that. So having a guy like Cole Irvin where you just want to get that left arm in there just to shake things up a little bit could be a good fit. I, I don't agree with you, but I mean, I heard Tim Kirchner, I think it was, maybe talking about the Dodgers. And Dodgers are in shambles in terms of their start rotation just with right. injuries. And they were talking about how, you know, you might not see a starter go more than twice through the lineup for the entire kind of playoff run for the Dodgers. 
like they'll all throw whatever four or five innings max. Yeah, I don't think that's and I, and you see that in the playoffs more and more. Right, I don't the lineup and pull and pull the starter. But you're I don't see that, that happening for the. I, I think the Orioles want Bradish and Rodriguez to go as long as they can. Yes, I expect them to go six, seven innings. I don't oh. expect them five. Oh, the lineup is is turning over. Let's no, and that's bringing a new pitcher. No, I agree, and that's something that's going to be interesting because we also have seen this year Brandon Hyde have a pretty short leash, and maybe pull guys a little bit too early. Yeah, well. Yeah, I mean, but he's only going to be working with Bradish and Rodriguez. It's it's a tricky thing, right? Because I think if they struggle early, yes, you can you can pull the trigger. But if they're pitching well, you want I, right. I don't think he's gonna no, you want to save the pen for when you need him. Yes. And so and you want to give the pen, I think, as few as innings as possible, <laughs> to put it yeah. nicely for them. Right. I, I don't think we have the arms to go four innings every night from the bullpen. Some no. teams do. I, I just don't think we're and, that way. Well, also Especially with Bautista not there. What we've seen from Bradish and Rodriguez down this last second half stretch is the more they pitch, the stronger they get. Yes. So yeah. would I rather have Bradish the third time through the lineup at 80 pitches or would I rather ra- have a fresh, a fresh Perez coming in? <laughs> I, might, I might take the 80 pitches and Bradish. Yeah, yeah. So, um, but either way, can't wait to get started. I hate this period of waiting. Now we'll get to watch the Tampa Bay games this week. Uh, who do you? Yeah. Who are you more scared of, Tampa or Texas? I'm looking forward to watching these. I mean, you see the schedule for tomorrow. I forgot how wonderful baseball playoffs are. You see how and they, they stagger the start times? Games, yeah, it's like three o'clock, four o'clock, five. Yeah, yeah, they're like staggered every couple hours, so you can yeah. like watch them all and then transition to the next one, and it's just like. And all day from the end of work, I go to bed at baseball. Right. Um, and the other thing is kind of stress-free for me. So I'm actually, I, I know it, it's hard to wait, especially because, I mean, we wrapped the division on Thursday. So really, I've been waiting for, I've been really, and we were relaxed oh. last Monday. I've been waiting for right. a while for the playoffs to start, to be honest. Yeah, I know. Last Monday, we called it chill mode. And yeah. how frustrating was it this weekend? This weekend was like, relax, I don't even care mode. Yeah. Yeah, and then the Ravens did. It, I'm used to stressing out Ravens losses or Ravens wins. Even right. doesn't matter. It's either way, it's stressful. But even the Ravens were like, "No, this is this is just a chill week for for all Baltimore fans." Yeah, yeah. Um, and the you Cleveland's like, "We're not even gonna play our starting quarterback because we want to contribute to the chill chill vibes happening in Baltimore." Did you, um, with all the chillness going on in around Section Three Thirty Six, did you see what happened on Tuesday? In regards to Section Three Thirty Six, correct. No, what happened on Tuesday? Well, we got not one, not two, not three, but four brand new podcast uh, reviews. Last episode, we guilted them in to leading us reviews. Yeah, so I guess we did. I didn't remember guilting them in. Yeah, but we, we guilted them hard. We got four podcast reviews, and it's awesome because I'm also seeing new podcasts show up for Oreo fans to listen to now that it's postseason. Saw a new one that had the same name as an old one. So I was Is like, it the same one? No, no, uh-huh. it's they, someone with a, it's a new podcast that copied the name from another podcast that is still going on. They must not know though, right? I don't know. You got to do your podcast homework, people. I don't know. I messaged them and asked and I got no response, but mm. Jake and Scott, you might want to look into some stuff. <laughs> I think our name is less in danger of getting taken. 
Um, we're good. Yeah, um, yeah. All right, but here I'll 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 read uh, I'll read two of the reviews now and two at the end of the show. All right, but keep on sending podcast reviews in over at iTunes and that five star thing because it helps other people find us and not some rip rip off show that wants to go by someone else's name. Because welcome to the bandwagon. Uh, go O's, two brothers with Orioles love from birth. I've been listening to these guys forever, back since the Burt days. And I love whenever people comment with the Burt days and they never know how to spell Burt. So I oh. love that of you. Oh, uh, a little B-U-R-T. Yeah, yeah. it's a B-E-R-T, but it's fine. But uh, anyone who knows the Burt days is all is a coconut. And we and we, I love people who know Burt. Totally a coconut. Yeah. Uh, and I really respect their knowledge, opinions, and the spirit to keep it going even through the dark days. Yeah. So glad we're all finally being rewarded with great O's baseball. Thanks so much, Matt and Josh. Uh, it's not letting me tap the, star, <laughs> the stars, but I assure you I'm trying to give it five stars. And he must have figured it out because Easy EV1 gave us five stars. Uh, we appreciate the shout-out, though. When you talk about appreciate your knowledge and opinions, I wish you would specify because Josh and I present different knowledge and opinions, and I think one is better than the other. So maybe specify next time. What, what, yeah, one of us has knowledge, the other has opinion. Is that yeah, what you're exactly, exactly, exactly. And call, and call it which one's which. Well, Ben Slays also jumps in with this pod gives the feels five stars. Listen, podcasting is hard, especially ones dedicated to a historically bad team. But Section 336 with Matt and Josh delivers the goods. The audio quality is great. The brother banter smashes. And these guys even do things like research medical journals to better understand how screwed the team is when their closer suffers a partial UCL tear. If you love the Orioles, why would you listen to why would why wouldn't you listen to the OG Orioles podcast? Oh, this is a great review, Josh, because right, because it drops knowledge and facts and shows he's paying attention when he listens. Well, and he says things, he pats you on the back. There is nothing that makes Josh happier than someone commenting on how good the sound is. Well, you because know, no one ever says good things about the sound. You're right. There's a problem, people let you know. But yeah. if the sound's just fine, no one tells you. Notice no one has complained about my computer beeping anytime recently. Yeah. And and I appreciate that reference to yes, I looked up the medical journal journal. I'm a doctor, not that kind of doctor, but I looked in the medical journal and I told people last week if you're paying attention. That his the whole little thing had a 33% chance of working out, and <laughs> frankly, they didn't have enough time to make it work anyway. Uh, if you look at the medical journals, which right. I told you about last time, we all told you last week it wasn't going to work out. <laughs> and so, when you heard the news this week, at least you were warned. Yeah, let's just continue with the other two. Right. From South Carolina is an out of town O's fan, five stars. Love the show, great content. I'm in South Carolina, so I don't see much of the O's on TV. So most of my O's knowledge comes from the box scores and highlights. Section 336, guys, make it easy to put some context with the numbers and highlights. Tune in for an hour each week for great coverage. <laughs> what is that? Is that? He said most of his knowledge comes from the box scores? What, yeah. what is this, 1995? Is he, is he getting the newspaper and looking at the box score? I believe. Is this me on vacation in, in the Outer right. Banks in 1998? <laughs> Get the newspaper, check on the box score to see what happened with the O's. I wondered if MLB.tv, if if South Carolina blocked out in for Orioles, no, that would be a Braves territory, right? South Carolina. Yeah, I would imagine South Carolina is Oriole territory, so you'd be blacked out. But uh, either way, hey Kurt, check out. You still watch the recaps, the condensed games. Check out this thing called MLB.tv. 
you can get the app for your TV or your flip phone and you'll be all good. Yeah. All right. Uh, get, find, last one from the Bully Pulpit 55. Gateway to Birdland. Grew up a Cardinals fan, but adopted the O's after moving to the Baltimore area right as the team went off a cliff in 2018. Started listening to connect with the fan base, uh, stuck with the team through the rebuild, and I've never enjoyed baseball more than right now. Love listening to you guys and look forward to the next episode every week. Go O's and go Section 336. That's a weird situation. Oh, I like that ending. Um, Mirror in the ending of our show. Yeah, exactly. He, he said he used to be what kind of fan? A cardinal fan. But then That's he a moved. weird move. Boy, it's to moved. jump on in the dark years. Yeah, I know. He had poor timing, but he did jump on in the dark moves. Let's be honest, though. But if you were a Cardinals fan and you moved to Baltimore, you'd be like, yeah, I could root for the Orioles. They have. I remember watching them with Manny and Matt Wieters and Adam Jones, and then suddenly you go to a game and none of those guys are around anymore. It's yeah. gone. Like 2018 yeah. is a horrible time to jump on. Yeah. yeah. It's true. So props to you for, for jumping on and enjoy, enjoying the, the rise. Yeah. So I will not. He's not a bandwagoner. You are not a bandwagon fan. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The bandwagon the band, we should have a uh, where the now that the team is good, we should highlight a bandwagoner of the week. Yeah, where we some stupid person. Well, well, no, Josh, you say trash. See, that's I have no hate. Oh, really? For someone hopping on the bandwagon, right. no hate whatsoever. No, I welcome them with open. I arms. welcome most of them. There's about one a week that just irritates me. Really? Like this week, this week it was Brooks Robinson, and someone was trying to make a movement online. That Major League Baseball on uh, whatever day he passed, like September 26th or 9th or something, that that should be Brooks Robinson Day, and everyone in Major League Baseball should wear, be wearing the number five, just like they do the number 42 for Jackie Robinson. Okay. See, that's that's not a bandwagon situation. That's just like, uh, you know. Stupid people. <laughs> well, getting caught up in the emotions with it. I don't know. Uh, let's talk to Dad and see, and see if Dad thinks they should uh, the, retire the number the, I enjoy have, have everyone wear it the, the, the same. People day. tried to explain to him that why Jackie Robinson Day is different. And his argument was that it's about race. <laughs> wow. Well, so I, I have a I have a six-year-old son who loves Jackie Robinson, and he could tell you why Jackie Robinson is different than Brooks Robinson. Um, and it's more that they have and it's more than that they just have different first names. Yes, yes, exactly. And right. So you want to talk a little bit about Brooks before we dig yeah. more into the Orioles? I, I do want to talk about Brooks Robinson. We we talked on here before about how we like it and we appreciate when the Orioles recognize kind of the past and the glory days and all that. And and nothing says glory days like Sorry, I didn't mean to make the ringer so loud. That's all right. What are you calling a special guest? I'm trying to call dad if he answers. What was that about? What? <laughs> we, we we had to find someone who was um alive when Brooks played baseball. Yeah, I know. That's it. You know, I understand that it's a, a slim slim mom population dealing with so you know, I appreciate that. No. no. Hi, hi dad. Hi dad. Uh this is your son Matt here. Hi, Matt. Hi, Matt. Hi, Matt. That is not a tragic. You know, this this great podcast I listen to uh, only wants me to be involved if someone dies. 
Well, this is this is a tradition of Section 386. When when a great oil passes, we have to have you on here to talk about it. Um, that, that's great. That, yes. Well, yeah. and and I heard some people talking about it, and I don't want to I don't want to diss anyone for talking about it because certainly you should talk about Brooks and honor his memory, and he was a great Oriole. But it feels weird to me when you hear even on TV some of these younger broadcasters talk about Brooks Robinson knowing that they've never even watched the guy play. And so I would feel weird even now talking with Josh and remembering Brooks Robinson. But for us, it's less, we're, we're remembering the legacy, not so much the right. player, but a little black, and white but player. you remember the player. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's interesting because most oral fans now, if they, you know, if you associate with any major player, it's going to be Cal Ripken for the, for the last it, I, I, and to me, Cal Ripken is so minor compared to Brooks Robinson. Cal Ripken is so honored as an Oriole and did tremendous things. And the, the, the immortal Cal pictures you see everywhere and whatever. But to me, it was always, uh, he was always in the shadow of, of Brooks Robinson's uh, um, ability, you know. Yeah. Brooks, Brooks Robinson, his coming out party, Dad, was... The 1970 World Series, right? How, well, how, yeah, I don't want to put your info out there, but how old were you? How much do you remember about the 1970 World Series with Brooks Robinson? Oh, uh, yeah, I was uh, 14 or 15 at that time. Yeah, so, but um, I remember vividly. I, I mean, the plays he made were, <laughs> were incredible. You know, the, I, it was the, uh, the Lee May, uh, Line, which was actually by the time Brooks to it was probably by the third base coach box, and he turned around and threw a bounce to Duke Powell. Thankfully, Lee May's a slow runner, so it made uh, work well. But the fact that he got to the ball and was able to turn, turn around like that and throw, no one's ever done that back then. I mean, we see him do some things when he was here. I remember, I think it was in a New York, New York Yankee game, he did something similar, but Brooks was just. I mean, he owned that World Series. The, the, the Cincinnati Reds, and, and Cincinnati Reds just couldn't get anything by. It was Johnny Bench hitting line drives, or they, uh, whoever it was, um, they just ended that World Series with a tremendous admiration of uh, Brooks's ability. And in addition to that, he offensively won that World Series too. It wasn't just offensively, but from that day on, I mean, since the World Series stage, the, the whole entire country saw what we as Baltimore fans had been for all those years. I mean, it wasn't like, oh, gosh, this guy's playing over his head. No, he was, uh, he was, he was being Brooks, you know? And, and that's what made it so neat to have it be done on a World Series stage. Just sit back and say, that's our guy. You know, that's the guy uh, that we all fell in love with and, and Baltimore during those years. It was incredible. Yeah, and you mentioned that play, you know, throwing out Lee May. And the other thing about that play is I've seen Book Powell over there at Book's Barbecue. I don't think he's – Book <laughs> is stretching very far to catch that ball either. He's letting the ball come to him. Um, the, yeah. But yeah. I was listening to a lot of people talk about Brooks Robinson on, on, like, different podcasts and on TV. And and it's amazing that everyone, every single person – and they all, we, you know, of course, saying nice things. But they all say Brooks Robinson – greatest defensive third baseman ever they said you drop him right now today in today's game 
he would still be the greatest third baseman ever. It's rare when we debate all the time who's the best at this. It's rare for someone to so unanimously be declared as the best ever at something. So that's pretty cool. That is right. And when you think about it, if you look at Brooks Robinson, you like you didn't look at him and say, gosh, that guy spends most of his day in the weight room, you know, and, and building up muscles to throw, you know. He was not like that. But uh, Brooks, for, for anyone who, who followed Brooks, he was out there you know, getting ground balls from the beginning, of, you know, he was the first one out there, and he did it, you know, constantly over and over again. And, you know, you don't develop those skills like overnight. And it was his ability to really practice day after day. Everyone who talks about him who plays like Jim Palmer would say he's the first one out and probably the last one. He loved the game so much. and He loved that position so much. Yeah. Yeah, that's cool. And then there's all the play on the field. And then there's everything. I heard um, someone say a quote about Brooks Robinson, about how other athletes have fans, but Brooks Robinson has friends. Like all the people who would be fans who ever get to know Brooks, consider Brooks a friend. I think that's a testament to just how personable and and humble of a person Brooks Robinson is, and he could connect with anybody, right? Yeah, I mean, remember that night we went to Brooks Robinson like downtown? And, I, I and do. All those people, right? And... And that was an honor to see. And, and um, you know, that old statement, and we've all said, right, that the one sports writer, right, right, Eric, they named the candy bar after Reggie Jackson, but the families here named their kids after books, and it's so true. And, Josh, is that true? Do kids really name their kids yeah, after Brooks yeah. Robinson? Uh, yeah, I took care of that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Named the kid after Brooks. Yeah, but it was. Yeah, like, I, I remember. It was. And it was yeah. – and it was – the son years ago <laughs> tried to do an article around that with uh, kids related kids named Brooks, and it's too many to list. It's 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 every it's everyone in there. There's so many Brooks coming up because of Brooks Robinson. You know, uh, That's true. People keep posting the um, and sharing the uh, Norman Rockwell painting. Did you guys see yes. this week that Brooks Robinson purchased that painting in the '90s, and then he auctioned it off? For like millions of dollars later on, I, I didn't know that. Like he he made a ton of money off of that that painting, and uh, but the but the other photo that people keep posting that I stare at every time it comes up on my Twitter feed is there's a photo of Brooks Robinson jumping and after the World Series were to, into like McNally. Oh yeah, I have it on my wall. Yeah, yeah right, you have yeah. it on your wall. All right, look at that yeah, picture. He's so high up. How can how can a home. man how can a man jump like that? I high? know his feet are above the waist of two other grown men. Yeah, Andy Eschberg and Dave McNally, Andy yeah. Eschberg and Catcher. I know. Yeah, I don't I understand picture. that picture and how a guy can do that. Well, he had a scholarship to play basketball right in college, Brooks Robinson. Oh, okay. Then, <laughs> all right, maybe that's your answer. Josh, dropping facts. I'll drop some facts too. Okay, there. <laughs> you know, and you guys know this more than you know me. Um, but but when I was a kid growing up, the, my Oriole player that I really liked was the first baseman who was, was the name of Gentile. And my dad, when we would go to a ball game, I always asked if he could sit on the first baseline in the upper deck. But it was after that, that probably the first year or two after I watched books that Jim Gentile became just a memory, and it was always 
Brooks. And, you know, as a kid growing up, goodness, whenever there was a pickup spot game uh, in my neighborhood, I go to third base every time just just because I wanted to get the sense of of being there. You guys know we played softball every time. And yeah, fast forward 50 years, you're still over there at third base. Exactly. You know, even, even though, as you said one time, my reactions are, are, are a little bit slower, and I, I usually see the ball once it goes past me, which is true. But, um, and even though I, I, as you get older, not something you want to play because it's the ball comes there so quickly. But I, I always went there every time, just as a sense to honor someone who was an amazing player, you know, and, and such a, uh, had such a respect for the game of baseball and showed in everything he did. And he was such an honorable. I, I I saw some stories this week where, you know, and I think the actor's name, but he was married. Uh, now I don't, I um, totally forgot the actress who he was married to. Anyway, he, he turned to his wife and his girlfriend, rather, and um, she said, if I could get you anything for Christmas, what would it be? He said, a, a Brooks a Brooks Robinson autograph glove. And when he uh, opened up his Christmas presents, there was a glove signed by Brooks Robinson that his girlfriend had contacted. They contacted um, uh, Brooks and Brooks signed it and sent it to him. And you hear stories like that all over. And he was just that kind of person who took baseball and made it something so much more, so much more. Yeah, I, I share with you the story of Scott Van Pelt losing a baseball and signed by Brooks Robinson. Yeah. Brooks Robinson sent him a sign from the back. I, I got it when when uh, he passed away. I got a text from my friend Adam Schetzer from college saying he when he got in the Eagle Scouts. I don't know the whole story here, but he got a signed kind of congratulations letter from Brooks Robinson that all the Eagle Scouts received for. <laughs> become the Eagle Scouts. So just like small little stories like that, that just is unnecessary kindness out of Brooks Robinson, which is cool. Well, and you saw those stories all week from both fellow players and just random, random fans and random people yeah, that random. have no... Everyone has a story. ...having a story with Brooks. Yeah. Yeah. Who had leverage to him at all, and yet he would still take the time, take the energy, and do something like that. You know? Think about that. Wow. Well, and and you mentioned just real quick to go back to you playing third base, and I played third base in little league for what it's worth, and and so maybe like we're yeah. behind here, but there's something also, and maybe like Brooks Robinson is kind of behind some of this. There's something kind of really cool and special and different about third base compared to other positions, right? You can go in the foul territory and make that throw. You can make kind of quick reaction dives. I feel like more than any other position, there's like an artistry of third base that's not exactly present in the other bases. And maybe that's partly because of what Brooks Robinson did. Yeah. Good point. Yeah. Yeah. Thought about it. yeah. And really, so. really nice of the Orioles to do a little memorial service today at the stadium to be able to bring former yeah. players and current players together to talk and honor uh, Brooks. Yeah. And they're real quick to get that patch on the uh, Jersey too. Yeah. That patch. And, and that patch is going to continue through the postseason, right? I imagine it would. So, yeah, they did well, a great job with that. There was just the number five. Did they put a patch on recently? There, uh, I saw the, Yeah, they started when? Friday night? When, Thursday or Friday, they started wearing a patch on the sleeve for the number five. Yeah, but I thought I thought it was going to be revised for playoffs. 
how be somewhat different how how, how? I don't know. Uh, Maybe scratch and sniff. I don't know. I like the number five. <laughs> yeah, I think there's. Uh, yeah, yeah. That was I mean, good. That was fun. Hey, um, real quick, but while we have you on here, but but before Josh, Josh could end this call at any moment. So I'm just, but before Josh hits the end button, the, uh, uh, you were the only. And now Josh was alive, but he was just a small little dude. The last time the Orioles, you know, were in and won the World Series. Um, you yeah. are the only person here who remembers, you know, the last time the Orioles won the World Series. Um, how you uh, – we're in the playoffs now. We got a shot at the World Series again. Uh, maybe the best shot we've had in a long time. Um, any any yeah. comparisons between that 1983 team? I saw someone predict a possible Orioles-Phillies World Series would be fun. But a- any thoughts on comparing the 1983 team to, to this team now? You know, no, I, I mean – that team, although when we won that World Series, Cal Ripken was a rookie, so I thought, and this is the way uh, sports goes, but I thought after we won that World Series that we would be contending for a number of years after that. And Cal was a or you know, and you thought, okay. And and, uh, and then Murray was young and, and, and a great ball player. And, hit uh, and it never happened. It never happened after that. So, um, But as far as comparing teams, you know, that team was a mix of a lot of different players. Uh, uh, Ford, Palmer was still pitching, which was unbelievable. He actually won a World Series game there, right? Um, and Rick Dunsey is the MVP of that World Series. You, you don't picture that happening with this kind of team. This team is so young, beautiful, and there's so many different players who could come up and be a hero of the World Series that we already know, you know, like Henson uh, or, um, you know, so there's just a lot of... Uh, I, I really don't look at them and, and compare them because I, I think this team here, I'd be tremendously disappointed if, given what we know and what's coming in the future, that this team is not, and I hate to use the word a dynasty because we, we're not even there yet, but it has the potential to really make a good run for a good number of years. Where 83, you didn't have that playing like you could go on forever and ever. Yeah, and that's certainly true about the you know, the late 90s and the 2000 um, playoff runs. I mean, I think one testament to that is you look in the, uh, you know, the the statues. We got st- a lot of statues from guys playing in the 70s and 80s. We we don't have any statues or even potential statues yeah. in the, all the 90s and 2000 teams, right? But but maybe, but maybe we got some potential for some future statue guys in, in this team. Yeah, that's, this team has the potential. I mean, when the 69, 70, 71 teams they were incredible teams i don't think we lost a single game uh, we used to play the 69 70 i think we played the twins i think we we beat them three out of uh, we was one one every game against them to get to the world series it was different back then but even uh you know and and, and to lose uh two three was, was disheartening but yet we were there when you think about going to three straight world series that's quite an experience for that team show you how good they were yeah, well, hopefully, yeah, hopefully, we're, this is the beginning of a run like that. Yeah, and pitching was the, was the key in those years, and, and uh, that's something that you know when people question whether the Orioles can sustain a nice run, it, the only question mark national people have is about the pitching. Although we're strong about it, probably, um, you know, it's, um, on the national level, they question the Orioles pitching in a World Series type environment. Yeah, 
Because people still sleep on your boy, Dad Cobb Radish. People don't know yet. There you go. That's right. Top top ERA in the American League for the second half of the year. Finished the whole year at number three ERA, Cobb Radish. Our Cobb Radish. He's nice. People don't know it yet. Yeah. He's got to be the Saturday game one guy. Yeah. Yes, totally. Yeah. It'll be interesting after that, but yeah. All right, Dad. All right. Thanks for coming on. Hey, I'm, Dad, hey, I'm I'll see you this weekend. We'll go to some Orioles playoff games. I know. Yeah, two playoff games in the, in the Steelers and Ravens on Sunday morning afternoon. Should be a great weekend, guys. Yeah, I'm, I'm pumped. Yeah. All right. We'll see you Same here. All right. Thanks, Dad. All right. See you. Bye, right, guys. Love you. Bye. Love you. Okay, who, who needs Jim Palmer on here recalling the past with good memory? We, we got Dad on here. We got. John Sroka, the patriarch of the podcast, if you will. Yeah, it's been a, thankfully it's been a while since we had him on. Since we only have him on when people pass, it's good that it's been a while. Yeah, yeah, no, it's great to. I, I mean, we should have had him on anyway. Talk about the the playoffs, certainly well, in the World Series. I mean, maybe we'll see if he wants. I mean, we'll be with him the, this weekend. Maybe we'll see if he wants to hop on again with us Sunday or something after the after we experience that. Yeah. Yeah, it's going to be fun. He threw a little Raven Steelers in there too. I even forgot the Ravens existed there for a second. <laughs> That's cool. I guess yeah. <laughs> like that. I guess we can watch a little TV before we head up. Head yeah, down it's true. It's Steelers, uh, and and the way the Steelers looked last week, hopefully, it'll be another beatdown. Yeah, but yeah, that's good stuff. All right, so back to uh, postseason talk. We've been all over the place in this episode, but it's well, all. You know, we start postseason talk, then I think. I mean, we're waiting to have the Brooks Robbins conversation until, yeah. you know, put some respect on his name with, with someone who watched him play, which I think is appropriate. Right. Um, and I, and now we get back to our, our baseball talk. Yeah. How do you feel about this postseason roster? Is there some concerns? Is there some question marks? Like, um, like what, what game one, two, three? You're going with Bradish Rodriguez means? Yeah, yeah, I have no doubts about that. Yeah, yeah, and that's how I feel as well. Yeah, I, and and I, I know people are debating. You know, should you go? You know, an extra pitcher, an extra position player. No. Do you take McKenna? Do you take Kerstad? And I understand these are interesting conversations. Well, let's let's I, have that conversation. Okay, fine. I'll, I'll say this though to preface my whole thought about this is I'm okay with Kerstad. I'm okay with McKenna. I, I, I think these decisions are not decisions like they're not going to win you games necessarily. Well, well, and, and they're decisions of of a team that has really good depth, right? Like, yes, both you could argue all these guys deserve to be here, right? McKenna deserves to be here, Mateo deserves to be here, yes. Um, Kerstad deserves to be here just for the numbers put in the minors, um, right? Yeah, like, the Norfolk Tides, by the way, but I'm not going to get distracted, but right. like it's not like we got, Oh man, we got an open spot. So we got to put, we got to take someone in here. Like it's Hyde and Elias are dealing with an abundance of wealth. Right. So it's almost like what answer do they want? But they're all right answers. That's where I'm at with it. Yeah, no, I agree. Now the good news is whether you're on the postseason roster or not, you get a ring. So you're still going to get yeah, some a, lot appreciation. Of, a lot of rings going to be handed out. Yeah. Yeah. You're still going to get some appreciation if they go all the way. And the end, that roster can adjust between divisions, right? Or between rounds. Yes, you can make some changes so between rounds. You can make things up. So McKenna, 
if you didn't get the call, stay there, stay ready. Like, because you never know. Um, plus injuries. You can swap people for injuries, right? Like, yeah, uh, yeah. If gets hurt, you can put you know, And Hicks gets hurt every other day. So McKenna be ready. Yeah, absolutely. So, be ready. Yeah. Now, who, who would uh, you take? Kirsten or McKenna? Uh, no, I've been thinking, keep that fourth outfielder. Yeah, I've been thinking a fifth outfielder because you have Hayes, Hicks, Mullen, Santander. Exactly. If you want to keep a fifth outfielder, are you going with Kirstet or McKenna? No, and that's my thing is I already have four outfielders, so I'm not looking for that defensive replacement. So I'm looking at Kirstead because I think the bat and the power of Kirstead plays better in postseason than the extra speed of McKenna. Because without that ghost runner on second base and extras, I don't necessarily need the extra speed. I've got Mateo on the bench for speed. So I feel pretty good. How yeah. about you? You going to take mean, they're, they're so extreme as far as their style of players, right? It's, like It's two different things. It's Do you want a strong bat or do you want a speed and outfielder, speed and defensive guy? Yeah, and, and McKenna's right-handed and Kersat's left-handed. So if you have your... And you know high his lefty-righty matchups. Correct. So if you want to think about it with that, and you think of who is in the outfield, where you got a left-hitting Mullins and a, and a right-handing Hayes. So they kind of and the you know the others are are, are switch hitters. Right. So it really doesn't matter. Do you want to replace? But then you think, oh, if you want to, uh, you're not going to pinch it for Hayes anyway. But so I don't know. So you, you, you kind of do all these. I'm sure you're doing matchups. I don't. You don't have much matchup numbers on Kerstead, but you're looking at McKenna. How's he play in yeah. against Texas? How's he played in the Trop? You're gonna do all this balance out. So, yeah, I, I mean, I would lean toward McKenna, just because he brings the experience and he brings the speed. I know you have Mateo there, but goodness knows sometimes you could use a second guy with speed, um, and he does if you need him a pinch in the outfield, as opposed to, I mean. And and even like I feel like he's been pretty clutch this year in some big at bats, and so he brings he doesn't have the power, but if you just need to get, I think sometimes you just need to get, you know, the a bunt or someone to get the bat on the ball. I, I kind of like McKenna in that position, so I lean towards McKenna. I think, the but other, I, I think there's no wrong answers here. Right. The other thing going for McKenna is this weekend of meaningless games. You had a chance to put Kirsten out there a lot, and he didn't just blow the cover off the ball. He, he struggled at the plate, so he's yeah, got- which is fine. Like, I'm not concerned about Kurt that, but yeah, if you if you're going to the playoffs and he's only going to get one at bat yeah. every couple games, right? I'm not concerned long term, but then that yeah, but then I look at earlier in the week where he came in as a pinch hitter and got exactly what you needed. Yeah, so I believe it was uh, a couple at the time. I mean, the reality of it is, and, and I know it is, they have some options in the minors too, but like. Looking at it now, they have 28 people on the roster, and they got to right. get it to 26. Is it right. right? Yeah. So, so you're you, have two people. Right. Uh, and so, and again, there's some flexibility if you want to carry, you know, 14 pitchers or 13 pitchers. You have some flexibility there. Um, so that's is right. there any is there any guys in the pen? And you mentioned Jack Flaherty. Is there, is there any guys that you're kind of rooting for making the team or you're saying, Oh, please don't have them make the team. Um, no, I think Flaherty and Fuji are the guys I would kind of cut out, which I hate to say, because sometimes I just love Fuji. His stuff is nasty, but he's so inconsistent that I don't know about putting yeah. him out there. I love Wells 
in the back end of this bullpen. So I love the idea of mixing it up with Wells, Cano, and I guess Perez to cl- as seven, eight, nine, or no, DL Hall. DL Hall, I love in there too. So it would be like I love DL Hall, Wells, and Cano mixing up that seven, eight, nine, and then, and of course I expect Grayson and Bradish to get me six, maybe seven innings also. So I feel pretty good. And those other guys, I, it's like, I kind of feel like, well, you give it to, you give it to Kramer, you give it to, you bring some of those guys that Gibson that helped get you here a lot. Those starters, you got to put them in the pen and then your pen's starting to fill up. You've got your, you got the guys you plan to use. It's not like, a guy, it's not like sometimes where we're just putting bodies in there to eat innings. There's none of that anymore. Now, if, if you're on this pen, you got to make an impact. Like there's no, yeah, no, I, 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 yeah, no, yeah, I, I agree with you. I, I mean, I think the tough thing about Fuji is like, I think strikeout pitchers are kind of all that more important in um, playoffs because you get in situations where. You know, you get a run on second and third or a run on, on first and third with less than two outs and you, like, want a strikeout. Like, that's what you need right. is, is, is a strikeout. And so um, – but then Fuji also has this bad habit of just walking everybody at times too. So it's like, yes, he can strike people out, but also he can kind of implode and walk everybody. And so it's like, ah, <laughs> um, I want him for the strikeouts, but I don't want him kind of go crazy and, and walk everybody. Nice. So. That's Does a tricky the, thing, but I, I I think Fuji should be on that. In the is the three the batter thing. minimum still apply in the playoffs? Oh, good question. I, mean, um, I think I, all the yeah. rules apply except for the uh, ghost base runner. running. All the right, ghost running. So that I mean that's different because I could totally see Fuji as like a one batter get me out of this. But I guess you can still use him in that case if there's two outs. It's like get out there and get me out of this inning. You get that one out and we can move on. So, because you don't have to come, you don't have to come back the next inning to get batter number two and three, if you end the inning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I mean, that's the tricky thing too. With the three batter minimum with Fuji, you can tell maybe real quick if he's kind of not there. Right? Right. He's a little wild. You know, you know, so you he, gotta sit there and wait three batters before you, um, unless it's unless you can get out of the inning, you gotta kind of sit there and wait. I yeah, yep. Um, so that's. You do all right. I just pulled it up. The rules differences. No ghost runners. You still have the you still have the pitch clock, which is great. That makes baseball better. And the Orioles are outstanding with the pitch clock. Um, you get two challenges, uh, per game per team instead of one. Instead of one. Um, and then twenty six man, and yes, still have the three batter minimum. Of course, CNN ends, ex, with the exception for injuries and illness, obviously. Um, Wait a minute. Is there, except for Ill, Ill, illness? Yes. You're telling me if Fuji goes out there and just is wild, we, we can just say, Fuji, throw up, yeah. and we can get you out of there, and we can get, we can get him replaced? Yeah, you need like a little poison pill that he keeps in his glove. Just a little something like that's going to cause instant uh, vomit. Yeah. Well, it also says or injury, so suddenly he can have a a, a banged up finger. Yeah, I mean we we've seen that a little bit with the. Uh, I've seen it sometimes. I feel like with the batters or something, and even the pitchers, like they need a little more time. 
maybe like you know their their shin guard needs to be adjusted or something yeah. and and they they're able to kind of manipulate yes the time yeah you see that with catchers a lot where oh all of a sudden oh i have to fix my my leg covering yeah yeah so they're not taking an official timeout but they're preventing the clock from starting through through some a little bit shenanigans um i also want to mention I know this is really isn't relevant, but the Norfolk Tides, it is relevant because remember the Orioles, the Norfolk Tides won the AAA championship. Yeah. They beat the Durham Bulls, then went to Vegas yeah. to play the Pacific or whatever it is, the other league, and they won that too. It was, I was trying to pull up the box score, and I just can't find the stupid box score. It annoys me. But was, the box score was like, it's hilarious because, I mean, you had, you had uh, Stowers had the big grand slam, but um, you had like Bauman and Baker – and Vespi, I mean, it was all these Oriole relievers right. who kind of closed the game out for for the tie to win the championship. So that was pretty cool to see. You're right. I open up the ML, MILB app to get the box score thinking you're an idiot. And it's showing me like matchups for next year. I know they like they moved on. They moved on. I can't and I can find the regular season box scores, yeah. but I can't find uh, the uh, it was it was nice to see locker room celebrations though and see guys that are like, yeah, I, I feel bad that you missed the Orioles celebrations, but at least you get it here. Yeah, I mean, I, I, but, but don't you buy, Josh? This is part of... Um, Teaching you how to win? Yeah, like a winning culture. Yeah. And, and, and and these players, even though they didn't get to be a part of the celebrations in Baltimore, um, that they're learning how to win. Like, yeah, yeah. I, think that's, I think that's part of it. No, this is a really special time uh, to be an Orioles fan, and it's gonna, it's yeah, it's that winning culture that we're suddenly gonna just be known as you come to Baltimore to win. Yeah. So yeah, I think that's I think that's really cool. I think I mean, I know the pitchers are a bunch of kind of veteran bullpen guys, but we believe the lineup. There's a lot. I mean, Jackson Holiday was there. Kobe May. was there um and how joe joe Fortis, right. were going to be part of this team um for years to come so that's what we want right that's the ultimate and that's like it's not like a, a single a thing right that's triple a <laughs> those are the guys knocking on the door so we have the best record in the american league and our triple a team is the best in baseball like the the guys knocking on the door to get to baltimore are also the best in baseball I don't know. I, I mean, I'm sure there we can make comparisons. I don't know baseball well enough to know this, but I feel like it's rare that you have a major league team that's dominant while still having a minor league team, an organization that's this dominant. Um, yeah, it's just, it's in a really cool space. And it's hard. It's hard even to have conversations without thinking about next year and Jackson Holiday. But I mean, this year is special enough, even without Jackson Holiday. Right. Um, MVO this year was was Gunnar Henderson. Yes, no surprise whatsoever. Yeah, I mean you can maybe make an argument for Batista and then Batista's injury, and you can make an argument for Adley as his team leader and all the stats that show since Adley joined the team how much different this team is. Um, we went the whole season with no sweeps. We we haven't talked about that, and that has that kind of yeah. I mean, is it, is it we haven't been swept. Since Adley Rushman got here, yes. isn't that the deal? That's the deal. Yeah, that's a pretty good deal. Yeah. So um, um, they, they did some minor league awards too, and Jackson Holiday was, of course, the the minor league player of the year, right? Um, for the Orioles, 
and um, they gave some love, and I forgot he still existed. But, uh, my bad. But they gave some love for for uh, kind of the manager, I guess, of of the minor leagues for the Orioles. You see who, who got that? Who Buck Britton? Buck Britton. All right, makes sense. He's the Tides yeah. management manager. He's the Tides manager, and still, and it's good to see. And, and we talked. I forget. We speculated right a few years ago that Buck Britton would be the manager of these World Series teams, right? That he would follow up <laughs> yes. along these players. And manager Hyde really, manager Hyde really kind of blocked his path. That's messed up, a manager Hyde's part. So no. Buck Britton, if he's going to get a shot, he's probably going to be with a different organization. No, you're right. When uh, manager Hyde was hired five years ago, we said he was a placeholder, and then we then le- t- turned it into he's a placeholder for Buck Britton. That Buck Britton would be here. Yeah, and I think so, the only thing that makes sense next year though maybe put Buck Britton <laughs> in maybe like Freddie Gonzalez's place, like like put him as the. Uh, Oh, What's oh, Freddie uh, Gonzalez's uh, title, like the assistant manager, assistant to the manager. Yeah. Bench think, coach, I think, whatever. I think bringing Buck up as a bench coach would be great. Yeah. I, mean, I don't like the term bench work. coach. What are you coaching the bench? No, you're co- you manage all the guys or whatever, right? <laughs> I know. I just don't like the phrase. Yeah. Uh, I, uh, as I coach Little League, I come to like the, uh, I, I kind of understand the manager's role a little bit more because I've got a good crew of three assistant coaches. So I see on game day, I'm like this over all guy and I'm not going with the details. I'm telling another coach to go out and warm the guy up in the bullpen. I'm telling the other coaches, here's the lineup. You keep that straight. You structure that telling whenever I want to make position changes, I'm jotting them down on this sheet of paper and giving the clipboard to him and saying, here, you got to tell it about all the, you got to tell all the kids about it. I'll be over at first base. congratulating when they hit. And I yeah. think that's that's where I really appreciate like manager Hyde. It's not that he's the best uh, hitting coach or pitching coach or the best even at game management necessarily. He, he's the guy. He's like the overarching guy who's keeping all the pieces going and keeping everything working properly. And I I, I really am surprised how much I love Hyde in that position. Really, I did not see that, did not see that coming five years ago. You love Hyde. I do. I really like Hyde. Really? Yeah. Who I do you love Hyde more, Hyde or Buck Showalter? Who is who de- decided not to return to the Mets? I think the Mets said, "Please don't return," and then he said, "I, I don't think I'll return." No, so, no. Who do you love no, more, I, though? No, 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 no. He's. I thought they said. Um, I thought. See, I was. I thought I read that they told Buck, "Hey, uh, you can go ahead and and quit, or we're going to fire you." And he Buck said, "Go ahead and fire me." Oh, I thought I just read the headline. I didn't read the article. I read the headline that said Buck decided decides not to return to, to New York, which made me laugh because, of course, he decided not to return to New York because they didn't want him to return because yeah. he changed his keys because they uh, locked him out of the building. Um, right. I don't. Yeah, I think he was fired. But I. But it was. Uh, but Steve Cohen did a good job of it's not a reflection on Buck. This is because I'm bringing a new GM and he deserves a fresh start. Blah 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 blah. Yeah, you think Buck Showalter manages again? I would love it, but I hope. Here's if what you I were Michael Elias, would you fire Hyde and hire <laughs> Buck Showalter? No, but here's what I would do. You wouldn't do it. Wow. No. Okay. But here's what I would do. What would you here's do? what I hope happens: is yeah. I hope Fox Sports called him immediately and said, "Hey, will you come do postseason commentary for us?" Oh, that'd be fun. Yeah. I want Buck on TV. I do too. I love Buck. I mean, I would hire him if I ran everything in the Orioles. I would hire him tomorrow as my as a consultant or something. But 
but he uh he would not mesh well with Michael Elias, I don't think. No, I don't I don't think so. I don't think could you see Buck and Sig sitting at a table together? Yeah, they wouldn't have nothing to talk about. I don't think they would much to talk about. No, no. So, but no, I love Buck. Uh, you can bring him as like whatever those community ambassadors, any of that. You can. You can I, I hope he gets another job in baseball. But you're right. He would. He would. He's done it before. And right. He'll do it again. He'll be great on whatever it is. Fox, ESPN. He's he's gonna do that, and he'll be great. I've got the perfect solution for Buck. Yeah. You know how every day the reporters it's ask. Also a bit old. Let's yeah, but all right. You know how every day the reporters ask questions at the White House, and they yeah. don't ask it to Joe Biden. They have this press secretary that answers all the questions. I'm familiar with the role of press secretary. I, I think Buck Showalter needs to be the press secretary for the Orioles. Yeah. So don't go to manager Hyde. Come to Buck Showalter. Yeah, he'd be a good press. I mean, he'd be a good press sec- press secretary for Joe Biden. I mean, I think he would. He'd be. Uh, yeah, I, yeah, I mean, I would hire him as my press secretary. The problem is he's not good at like spinning things. He just tells you the truth. Well, no, I think he's good at like you ask him about um, something really hard and he'll tell you about, you know, a story that happened last yeah. year to him and his son or something. Well, Joe Biden and, tried that with like corn pop or whatever. Yeah. The kitty fight fought. So, yeah. yeah. But Buck Buck would be Buck would be. Yeah, but, I mean, Buck will put his hand on his chin. He'll say, you guys ever think about you guys ever think about this? You guys ever think about. Yes. We have seats in here or should we just be standing room only? <laughs> exactly. And what Buck is great at. Is turning the conversation into something random, and then yeah. everyone's happy, everyone's laughing, and then he can walk off and leave, and then the reporters realize, oh, you guys, you guys see the new John Wick movie? I don't know. You guys see the new John Wick movie? I don't know about it. Exactly. it. Right, 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 right. So I uh, hope all the best for him. Love yeah, me too. Yeah, yeah. But right. I'm happy with where we're at right now. You're happy with Hyde? All right, fair enough. So well, good because he's not going anywhere for a while. It seems no. like he's here I, for the long haul. And you know who else isn't going anywhere for a while? Who's that? Felix Batista. Gave him a two-year extension so that he can sit at home and recover all of next year. Yeah, I mean, it was nice. I mean, it covers – I mean, it's not – the two-year extension is not like no. he didn't have a contract. No, it's like we're not going to deal with arbitration while you're hurt. Right. So here, we're going to cover that now. It's, right. a, it's a good gesture to say, hey, we expect you on our 2025 roster. Right. So here's your money for next year and the year after. We don't need to negotiate contracts. It covers Get better. I think the last year of his rookie year deal and the first year of arbitration. Um, and props to the Orioles for trying to make it work, but it clearly didn't work. And um, and so, yeah, I, I think they're an optimistic view would be he'll be back in, what, September next year, but maybe a more realistic is yeah, he could miss all of next year. Yeah. But I mean, but what we saw this year, you got to think he's still going to be pretty dominant in 2025. You've seen a lot of pitchers come back stronger after Tommy John. And can well, you- I, I could bust out the medical journal again. Yeah, <laughs> it's clear, have- like there is a high success for one Tommy John surgery. There is a high success kind of recovery rate. Right, but can you imagine Batista coming back stronger? He's not going to come back stronger. Um, I mean, John Means, I don't think he's coming back stronger, but John Means still looks good. And, um, yeah, and John means just coming back. So, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I think um, it's going to – I mean, this is a conversation for another time, but do the Orioles need to replace that at the back end of the bullpen or, or do they have in-house options? I think it's going to be an interesting conversation of the offseason um, because 
they're going to have very few decisions to make in the offseason, I feel like. But that's yeah, gonna be, no, pretty fun. Yeah, you could just run it back to back to the same squad next year and, yeah. and feel good about add, it. Add Jackson Holiday on it. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. Um, so that's that's pretty cool. But yeah, Josh, I'm I'm flying up Thursday afternoon. I know you're you're going what Thursday morning. Um, get cheaper tickets when you fly on Thursdays, FYI. Yeah. And I get an email from Spirit Airlines twice a day <laughs> asking me to pick out my seat, pay money to pick out my seat and pay money to, to take luggage. And I keep right. on ignoring the emails, but maybe they'll get me one day. Um, they, if they knew me better, they knew they should know. I know they just want to get a little more money. If, if you're going into double digits, I'm not paying it. If you tempt me with a front row seat for $9, maybe. But the second you go into double digits, I delete the email. So, And they want like 30 bucks. I'm not, I'm not paying them. So... I see. But yeah, yeah we got so, the games this weekend. Next time we talk, right? Um, the Orioles will be two games under our belt. Two, two and oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. In the ALDS. I hope so. Uh, yeah, and I don't care who we play. I was thinking about it and I was like, Tampa, we've had we have a thing with Tampa this year. I mean, we've played some really good series, but really down to the wide like nail biter series. Yeah. And I was thinking about, like, I want to play the Rangers because I don't want to lose to the Rays. But on the other hand, it would be sweeter to beat the Rays than it would be sweeter to beat the Rangers because I don't feel one way or the other about the Rangers. I feel a certain way about the Rays. It feels like there might be a little rivalry developing here, right? Right. Between the Rays and the Orioles, both under-budget teams, making it work through prospects and international signings, going out each year without top-notch free agents. Yeah. Getting it out. Yeah, one of my logical reasons for what in Texas is that I bought tickets to Tampa next week in case it was Tampa. And I kind of feel like I'd rather just Tampa give me my money back. Yeah. And then I don't have to deal with travel and going there. Because if the Orioles are there, I'm I'm doing all that. I'm going. I'm paying Tampa. I'm going and going to these games. It's like yeah. if it's Texas, I can rel- I can not relax, but I can yeah, go to Texas and stress over this game. I am not going to Texas. Texas is down south. You're down south. What's the big okay. deal? I don't think Texas is down south. I consider, don't you consider Arlington down south? I don't know. I would consider no, Arlington I Texas I, down south. No, I, think, I think Arlington is north of me. Is it north? Of, well, yeah, it's north of you in Florida. Yeah, but exactly. in terms of the geographical location of the United States, I consider it south. I mean, no, well, isn't all the whole state of Texas south? I don't know. That's, yeah. that's how I view the United States. It's at the bottom. Oh, uh, yeah. With that logic, South Dakota's north. Yeah, it is. South Dakota is north. <laughs> what did you say? South Dakota is north? Well, it's yeah, except it's South Dakota. Okay, fine. And yeah, and North Carolina is south. You know, um, we're uh, I, I pulled a bunch of bold predictions to get us ready, but we'll just have to do bold predictions. It's no no point in recapping now. There's too much excitement going on. Yeah, and we're over an hour on this podcast. We got to wrap it up. All right. Well, here, here's a little teaser for you, though. That's where I'm at. I'm at Blue Jays, Orioles, Yankees, Rays, Red Sox. That's about how our prediction went. They're all wrong. All over well, the yeah. Well, I'll tell you what, Josh. A lot of people were saying the Orioles were, were not going to make 500. We're not going to make the playoffs. And we both had the Orioles in the playoffs, I believe. Yeah. I had 90 wins, and you went bold with 91 wins. Yeah. that And that was more than anyone else 
I would argue even Oro's podcast, if you look at what they predicted, I don't know if anyone had them over 90 wins like I did. Take that. Oro's no. podcast. <laughs> no, it's all good. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, it's fun this week to tell people about our 2023 shirts that we released five years ago. Same 2023 World Series champs. Since then, Major League Baseball wouldn't let us uh, sell them because they say the word World Series and we're not allowed to use that phrase. You got to pay the Major League Baseball lots of money. So it's back up on birdlandsports.com, but it says 2023 something magic. Yeah. So call back to uh, the Orioles magic song and a and hint at our 2023 prediction from five years ago. So just know you heard it first here on section 336. Yeah. Josh, next year, will there be a 2024 shirt? Orioles, Ma- Orioles magic. Um, no, it's going to be it's gonna <laughs> say 2024. Let's do it again. Okay. Let's re- yeah. The, for the repeat. And I can't wait to see the three peat shirt out there. <laughs> right. Exactly. Yeah. Now, uh, we're working on some cool new things for the off season and some cool things that are going to already be exciting at Birdland sports moving into next year. All right. And well, I mean, we'll get to two. You teased the, the bold predictions. We got so much when this Oreo season ends, we're going to have endless amounts of podcasts because I haven't even told you a lot about little league. Oh, and there's I something mean, that's sticking in my cross so much. I don't even like it when I hear the word little league because I gotta, the season is, is bothering me, but go, go, go ahead. I can't leave. I got to tell you about my Saturday morning. All right. Do it quick. All right. Saturday morning. I'm in the neighborhood. And I'm. Uh, oh yeah, you sent me a text. I sent you a text. I mean, yeah. Well, I need some context there. Yeah, that's what I'm. I'm that's what. Hey, guess what? That's what this story is going to be. Context. Because I told my son, I showed my son the text message, and he's like, he had so many questions. I was like, I don't know. It's just what he sent me. I know. I know the context. And, um, anyway, I'll give you context, and then we can dig deeper into the off season. So I'll tell you that. So I am walking around. We're having a. My community here does like a bunch of things. So they had this not like a, a market of like people who live in the neighborhood that are selling different stuff. So baked goods, crafts, stuff like that. Farmer's um, market. I'm familiar with the concept. Yeah, kind of like that. But it's in my – it's like only people in my neighborhood. Yard sale. I'm familiar with the concept. And, sure. Different, <laughs> yeah. So anyway, so we're there. We're walking around that morning. I happen to be in my Little League uniform because – I have a little league game right after that. We're just what is your little league uniform? You know, it's a little league shirt. It's an Orioles shirt. Yeah, that says Orioles Jolton Creek on the on the sleeve. Do you wear the baseball pants with it? And it has a number, I think number four on the back. And uh, oh, you're a weaver over there. Well, I'm, I had to. I'm the manager. Sure. Uh, and then I wear um, the team wears black pants. So the team uniform is orange shirt black pants and the white bill Orioles hat or white front Orioles hat. So I've got the white front Orioles hat. I've got, what I'm wearing. yeah, I got the team shirt and then I wear black shorts and I wear the city connect socks. Okay. You got so a that's uniform. My, that's my uniform. That's my, okay. <laughs> that's my little league uniform. That's I didn't uniform. get a uniform. I'm behind you. Okay. No. So anyway, I'm walking around in my uniform and this guy behind me and I'm walking around with, with Camden and Kelly and we hear, and this guy says, "Hey, I just found him. Here's the biggest Orioles fan in Florida." And I turn around, and this guy goes, "Hey, say hello," and holds the phone out, and it's Austin Hayes. <laughs> and so I'm like, and he goes, "It's Austin." I said, "I know that. 
I, 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 I said, I know. I said, so hey. So a guy walks up to you, you says, here's the biggest O's fans, yeah. and it's an Austin Hayes on the phone on Facebook. Austin Hayes on the, on the phone. Okay. I okay. said, hey. I say, hey, congratulations on winning the AL East. And he says, thank you. I said, I cannot <laughs> wait to come. I said, I cannot wait to come up in a few days and cheer you guys on in Baltimore. I'll be flying up on Thursday. He says, we can't, can't wait for it. It's going to be so exciting. The stadium's going to be packed. Um, and I am talking to Austin Hayes now while he is sitting in his car in the drive-thru at Chick-fil-A. That's wild. So it, it, it is the guy who stopped me is Austin Hayes' manager. Who you know, who you met before right in the neighborhood. No. I met, I met briefly. I met real quick. Okay. Because why would he, why would he say you're the biggest O's fan if he hasn't met yeah. you previously? I met real quick. He knows, I, he knows about the podcast. He knows about the tattoo. And Brother on Sports. And then he saw me. So he knows. I, yeah. I've met him briefly. Uh, yeah. Austin Hayes says he will come on Section 336 this offseason. So we will have that. Congratulations. Win the AL East. No, no, no. By the way. <laughs> no, no, no. Come on the podcast. Later on. Okay. Later. okay. Later on, I got assurances that he will come on the podcast. Right. So uh, that was a cool surprise for Saturday morning. And thankful, like, you know, those are awkward situations to be put on. To just yeah, have, especially not have prepared. Just, in your face. I'm not prepared yeah. at all. I mean, even if you're prepared, it's awkward. Not told, prepared, extra awkward. What do you say? I, I don't know what I was saying. I told Kelly, I was like, I was at, I was, I felt at least the time it was right that I could easily congratulate you on winning the AL East. Like, that's an easy one. Yeah, it's like lifelong fan. Yeah, congratulations! Like you should be congratulating me for the forty years I've dealt with this crap. But That's hey, what I'm some people will say you deserve congratulations because you were actually on the field doing the work. Yeah. So, so that was a cool. That was a cool opportunity on Saturday, and uh, I'll try to catch him at the stadium on uh, when we're up there on on Saturday. Yeah. Speaking of, never mind. I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it because we're running out of time show. What, I was gonna, Billy Joel? You want to talk Billy Joel? I was going to talk John Angeles in the least, but we're not going to do it. We're going to do it. We'll save for another time. We'll save for another time. My notes. Wait, no. Why is it not on my notes? Oh, there it is. 30 more years. Yeah. yeah, that's a whole bunch of crap, isn't it? 30 more years. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> right. And the goal. So, like, I think what happened is he just wanted to, to some attention. He wanted to one up the Orioles winning. The- <laughs> it's a classic John Angelos move. Joe John Angelos. Yeah, what a jerk. Hey, um, and some people saying we should give him credit. Oh my gosh, I, I took want to down, fight people who say give John Angelos credit. I took down the sell the team shirts as soon as he made that announcement. Mm-hmm. I said, hey, you won the division. You signed up for thirty more years. I am putting a clown nose on you. And then, like two days later, we find out this crap that it's just a publicity stunt. Yeah, a a like a memorandum of intent or something. They intend to, to <laughs> yeah. they intend to do it. That, that has um, no binding, right? Yeah, no. I I I would call for the removal of the clown nose when he signs Gunnar Nadley. Sign Gunnar Nadley. I'll say take down the clown nose. Yeah, or no, he gets credit for what? For sign, sign the lease, not a two year extension. Okay, but I feel like even the lease, Josh. Sign the lease. More money. Yeah. Uh, anyone can sign a lease. My son could sign the lease. Like, that's just what you're supposed to do, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 right. Signed the lease how long ago? Like, this is not a hard thing to do. Right. This is like the bare minimum of your job, and you don't have that much of a job to begin with. And this is the bare minimum. So <laughs> I don't even buy giving um, a ton of credit for signing the piece of paper they should have done months, if not years ago. Yeah. Clown Nose is back. Shirt is back live on the store. 
because yeah. this is this you you made yourself an even bigger fool by trying to put the spotlight on you on your team's biggest moment in your ownership. Yeah, I'm so sick of this guy, and he's so he's not self aware at all. Too, I mean, he's going to be at the box of these ALDS games, right? Josh, they show him we're going way over. I don't care. Josh, they show him in the box on the jumbotron. You boo, you cheer. What do you do with John Angelos if they show him in the box? I don't think they'll put him on the Jumbotron, but he'll be there. Yeah, they won't put him on the Jumbotron. Um, how um, irritated do you think John Angelos is that someone else is dating Taylor Swift, so he can't be the headline of every sports show every day? Yeah, I mean, I think he's one of these personalities. I'm, I'm thinking that's more and more where he doesn't, <laughs> he doesn't realize. He, he has no idea that people don't like him or that people don't think he's awesome or that he is not the center of the universe. I don't think he is capable of realizing that. No. So, like he thinks that the little mem- memorandum thing was a good idea. He still probably thinks the New York Times interview was a good good idea. Yeah, exactly. He still <laughs> probably thinks in some real weird way he's you know opened up the books to Dan Con- Connolly and everyone loves him for it or something. I don't know. Yeah, he, he's awesome. not in touch with reality. No. No. Sorry. Sorry for extending the show even a little bit longer. Yeah, but we gotta stop talking. Or you gonna have to talk about that now because it, it's not something we can talk about next week. Yeah. All right, Matt. We'll talk about it again when he really signs at least. All right. Well, then I will see you in Baltimore. Yep, I'll see you in Baltimore. Keep those iTunes reviews coming. Follow us on social media for all our updates about our in-game experiences that we may or may not put on X. Uh, you can follow me at section three three six. You can follow Josh on X. At Josh Soroka and at Playground Sports. Thanks for listening, boys and girls. And as always, go O's.